Hello guys and gals, how you doing? Today I'll be talking about an awesome way to start your free podcast, and I mean free, no catch, no gimmicks. It's totally free, easy to edit, easy to record, and easy to promote and monetize your podcast. It's called Anchor.fm, and I highly recommend you guys and gals, check it out, and start your own podcast, let your voice be heard. And also, don't forget to listen to Wild Dog Podcasts, and tell them that I sent you and that you hear it from me. So you get more people to join Anchor.fm. You will not be disappointed because they will also put your podcast in other platforms and then make it very, very much easier for you. Have a great day, everybody. Hey, guys and gals. How you doing? Today we talk about a movie called Claw One. And this movie been released recently. And let me just say... I really, really enjoyed this movie. This was a good creature, feature type of monster movie style from the 80s, you know? Remember those monster movies? Like, there was a creature in it. I missed this, and this is like a movie where it had also special effects, and everything's fast-paced, blood, all this monster will tear you apart, you know? It's not disappointing. Um, the movie has um, about... It's like two types of stories in this movie. You got one guy battling cancer, and he just wanted to die, so he decided to go in the cabin. And slowly, slowly, he has this dream about the sludge. And then when he was a sludge, he suddenly killed all, all of a sudden, right? And the movie kind of rips off Pumpkinhead because once the monster kills him, he starts feeling the effects of how people start dying, so having visions, how the monster start killing people. And then you have another second set of story with these geologists that go in the forest and start studying the, what's going on in the forest. They know it's about the toxic waste, the sludge. And it's like the monsters are missing a mix of science fiction and horror because this, people talk about the supernatural element of where this monster could come from and also the science fiction element because it's pretty obvious that the monster look like came from the toxic waste. And this monster goes around killing people. And it's pretty, like I say, for one hour, 24 minutes, it pretty, it's, it's like, it's like, it feels kind of slow to me, but at the same time, it was like fast-paced, because the monster gets to his business, it just kills and kills and kills, you know? And you have the talking part, but it just goes by fast, though. And even though I, I wanted the movie to be over with, because it, it, it felt like it was a three-hour mini-series to me for some reason. I'm like, isn't this movie over yet? Even though I did enjoy the movie, don't get the wrong idea, people, I did enjoy it. You know? But um, I highly recommend you guys to check this movie out, you know? If you've seen a movie, the, the lady on the wheelchair, she's not meant to hospital. And then, as the movie progressed, she, she, she met up with um, Tiffany, who decided to visit her. You know, play by John Fertilli, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And then the lady in the wheelchair said, I recognize you before. And then she, she can't put her head to it, you know, who she was. But she mentioned but, um, John Fertilli's character, Tiffany. She said that the gold Alice, the twelve-year-old girl that I mean, the girl that grew up to be twelve years old in this movie, she said that she was taking care of her until the lady that she, she's dead, right? And um, the one the world she start crying, and then they guess what? Tiffany brought a Chucky doll with her, and then then the doctor took it away from her, you know, like took it from the from the lady on the wheelchair because she doesn't want it pretty much. Um, as the movie progressed. Um, they found out Chucky's alive, you know, and there's a beginning part of this movie also, but I'm not going to ruin it, I'm going to save that part for you to figure out. Anyway.
anyway, Chucky will um, kill people in the mental hospital, but he doesn't kill the woman right away, you know, because he, he wants to take his time with her, you know, like, make her go crazy and stuff. And, um, and as the movie progresses, you found there's more Chucky dolls coming in, and you'll be wondering what's going on, you know? And, um, you can take a while, guys, when I say there's more Chucky dolls, take a, take a reason why they call this movie Cult of Chucky. You know what I'm saying? Now, as for Andy, he's also in this movie, and you'll see him in between the movie. When you see the beginning part of this movie, you'll be wondering, wait a minute, what the hell is going on? And then you get to the hospital, mental hospital scene, and I can see why a lot of people are ranting about it, because you get confused, right? But again, did I just mention there's a lot of Chucky dolls in the mental hospital now? Again, why are they called Cult of Chucky? It's pretty obvious. Um, but when, it, when the movie gets towards the end, you know, and people start dying, like, I feel like it, it, the actions, the horror actions have started more blood, gore, death. Like, really good blood and gore scenes, you know? And, and then you have Chucky acts, you get him with that. Of course, it's the original guy that does the original voice. Like in the last movie, and many, many Chucky movies before that. It's the Russian original guy. And of course, the lead actress in the movie from this one, just like the last movie, is his daughter. So, you know, let's be real. She got the special privilege thing going on. Let's be real, man. That's how Hollywood works. You know what I'm saying? Like Sherry Moon Zombie. How can we see her in every Rob Zombie movies? Come on. But besides that, um, Ch um, the guy's daughter in this movie kind of pays, pays the way while she's in it. And it kind of makes sense, you know? And when you get towards the ending, it's going to leave room for another sequel, which is going to be pretty obvious. Um, Cult of Chucky, haters going to hate, but I like this movie. And cause I I like it also, you know, it didn't bother me at all. So anyway, check this movie out if you have not seen, have not already. Peace, guys, and see you later. Hey guys and gals, how you doing? Um, today I'll be talking about a movie called Daisy Duckins, Dark Sitter of the Damned. I kid you not. Listen, I'm gonna be with you like I always have, and I'm listen. I'm all for independent horror movies. Is that me? Or Mr. Parker will talk about it the most, you know, like, when I saw it in 2009, this was the shit I talk about a lot, you know, all kinds of cinema, and big support independent because, you know, they don't get a lot of love, but at the same time, you gotta be real and honest, too. Now, this one came out in 2013, if I'm corrected, and this movie is entirely shot in black and white. Okay, that's fine. To be honest, the black and white for this doesn't work well. I find it kind of stupid. The better with color, but then at the same time, this whole movie totally sucks. Like, I know it's meant to be a comedy about this girl. I mean, this woman, excuse me, go, goes to a house for a job to come dog to, to dog sit for this guy, and you find out this guy's like an evil, like a like a witch or something. Like he's like a witch because he wears like a black cloak, and then she sits, she sits, calls for the babysit. To help her babysit the dog, whatever. Still haven't seen the dog yet, by the way. Let me remind you that. And meanwhile, the guy that lives in the house, he's just, he goes out partying, you know, with his friends. He got a date. Meanwhile, you got the serial killer that escaped. And he goes around killing these party girls. And then he'll go to the house and go after these girls in the house where Daisy Dawkins is staying. And to me, I, mean, I feel like this movie's like all over the place, left and right. You know, and like this movie tries to be funny, but it's not funny. And don't get yourself twisted. It's like I've seen 
independent horror movies. There've been a lot of them, especially even even in this era now. That the comedy was pretty good, or it was okay for you just to watch it. You know, it was a decent watch. The comedy in this is whack, like whack as fuck. It's whack as fuck. And Daisy Duckins, you know, I mean the girls are pretty. The actors, I'm not taking it, taking away nothing from them. You know, they they gotta do what they gotta do. You know what I'm saying? But um, also Daisy Duckins also, I mean her friend also calls like a witch lady. And a friend to um search this ha- house being haunted, and it's just the way it's the way it's set up. It's just like so corny. It's it's hard for me to tell you, but what's for me to tell you is that guys go see this movie yourself and judge. That's how I can say. And when they come across finally come across what this dog look like, oh lazy, I, I you better off with a costume than a, than a shitty CGI. It's like they probably borrow it like a picture and paste and put it. Into the screen with CGI computer effects to add on to it. That's what it looked like to me. My opinion, my opinion. Okay. And there's a scene when there's a white giant dog likes to molest women. You know, I, 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 like, I mean, I like the Daisy Duckins character. Okay, it looked like they're aiming to do a sequel with this. I'm not sure they ever did a part two on this character, but I mean, I like Daisy Duckins. You know, but it's just, just like I feel like the movie is just. All over the place. The comedy is weak, which is pretty much aiming for more comedy than horror, you know. But even with the horror part of it, it's not really all that, you know. It's, it's very tame. Anyway, um, check this movie for yourself. I'm not saying don't see it. Check it for yourself. It, it might be your your cup of tea. It might be like up to your sense of humor level. But to me, wasn't feeling it. So peace, guys, and see you later. Hey, guys and gals, how you doing? I want to talk about a really, really good um supernatural drama movie called Dark Places. This movie was really, really good, man. I mean, this is, like, what I see from this movie, this is what is from the description, and also what I see, is mainly really about this guy, and he has, like, this vision of this, the house he was in, this haunted house, and he has a vision about this family man, and, you know, he's, and he's, like, and his wife got issues with him, because he's screwing up pretty much. He was, like, he's, like, one of those type of husbands that, like, disrespects their woman, and, and, but the wife... In the flashback scenes, yo, she really stole the show in this movie because she gets pissed off and angry. And I, yo, I mean, this whole, whole whole movie is good. Don't get me wrong, but I really like the wife in this movie, man. She's like super pissed off. Uh, uh, the wife from the flashback scene of the of how how who would live in the haunted house when the guy had the vision of them. Um, yeah, this movie's good, man. Like, this, like don't get me wrong, I like the supernatural part of it, but the drama is so good in this, man. And I didn't expect it to be so good like this. Uh, I definitely highly recommend this one too, so check it out. I don't want to ruin anything for you because I feel like, like I said, the drama is so good in this movie. Um, also, Christopher Lee and Joan Collins is in this movie too, so you definitely want to check it out if you're a Christopher Lee fan. Um, Dark Places from 1973, yeah, is a must. Hey guys and gals, how you doing? Today I'll be talking about the movie Dark Real. And let me say, this is a mystery drama, horror, and some of the supernatural elements in this movie. And a slash slash Um, definitely more drama mystery. So anyway, the movie has this black and white prelude start off, right? This guy pick up an actress in a bar, wanna do a screen test, and then pretty obvious he kills her. Then we get to the present age, right? With Ed- Edward Furlong's character, you know, he got an ex-girlfriend, you know, he moved out, he's in LA, and he, he won a walk-on part in a contest to do a movie. 
with um, Tiffany Shepard's character, Les Hemerkson. He's like an owner of the movie studio. And, you know, it's like free promo, you know, it's like have a walk-in a contest winner to promote this movie. And um, as the movie progressed, we found out mysteriously one of the actresses start dying. And slowly, there's a mystery behind, like, who killed her. And meanwhile, at the same time, the actor and actresses and the staff of the movie have to move on because they have to shoot this movie. And also, meanwhile, you got the police, Tony Todd, a detective of the female, investigating the case of how this woman died and who killed her, trying to find out this mystery of this, like, who killed her. And it's really obvious this mass killer with a woman's face. Like a wax woman's face, she swears, oh he or she, I don't, I don't know, but, so, the, the movie is good to me, I like it, but the movie gonna be more drama mystery, and there are a few kill scenes in the movie, but the kill scenes, when it comes to that aspect, um, it's very, um, realistic, and I like the kill scenes of it, the knife, blade kill scenes, what it is, mostly in this movie, but like again, it's very heavy with drama mystery, how, you get the interaction between the contest winner, played by Edward Furlong, and the act lead actors in the movie, of course, Tiffany Shepard, how they develop chemistry between each other, that the director's kind of jealous of them, and, you know, you got a cast of characters, pretty much. All in all, um, I like this movie. I enjoyed it. Um, good kills, good acting, and, hey, as being a fanboy for Tiffany Shepard, and let me just say, I'm kind of hating on Edward Furlong because, let's say, if you give me a choice, right? If I'm going to terminate it to a billion dollar budget, whatever, <laughs> let's just say, um, compared to a very low budget movie, but you get to make out with Tiffany Shepard, and, you get, and you're not even getting paid for it, or you get paid cheaply, let's just pretend. I'm going to be honest, I'd rather do this movie than Terminator 2 because how many guys, how many fanboy guys do you know in real life can make out with Tiffany Shepard? I mean, come on. You know, and she's like my favorite screen queen, by the way, so that's another thing. But yeah, but that's just Edward Furlong's character. But speaking for me, let's say I was in that movie, you know, it's a little hush hush there. <laughs> but all in all, Dark, like I said, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the mystery. Um, it's very unexpectedly, unexpectedly who the killer is. You really don't know who the killer is because you keep on guessing, oh, it could be that person, it could be this person, you know. And it's like a two in one, you know, plus you got the supernatural elements also in this movie it kind of takes it away a little bit but you know what you kind of let it slide because when you watch the movie really good it's like you know what it does go with it after all anyway dark wheel from 2008 definitely check it out peace guys and see you later they've made a maze right it was about a boyfriend girlfriend and her, her boyfriend's obsessed with building a maze so when the girlfriend got back from vacation, she saw this weird cardboard box, and it was a maze that her boyfriend built. So small, and tell her boyfriend to come out, but he doesn't want to come out the maze because he can't come out. He can't find his way. So she started figuring out how to get him out the maze. Maybe it's like a mental condition thing with her to tell him to come out. You know, that's what she thinks the boyfriend's mental, which he is because you gotta be crazy to do that shit. And so the boyfriend, so the girlfriend again, the boyfriend's friend. And, they and then he decided to have a party, and they're wondering what the, how he was able to get through this maze, how he can't get out. So they all decided to go inside the maze, right, with the camera crew to, to take to flip the whole situation. 
Once it got, got in, they realized, holy shit, this makes it super big. How is that possible? It's, it's, it's a cardboard maze built from the outside, super small. But when they go inside, it was big. It was like a whole new world. So once they go through this maze, they start seeing all this crazy stuff happening. Ogami's attacking puppets. All this crazy stuff, like in the maze that he built in this universe. And then... Once they find the boyfriend, they end up trying to have to find a way to escape from the maze to get back to the to the real world, pretty much. So and people will start dying because they realize there's a minotaur in the maze that's gonna chase them and kill them. And when a minotaur 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 starts killing people, he kills them like in a comical way, like they die in a comical way, like they dead, but it's like paper like they, like paper cuts or something like it's it's weird. It's like. They died of seeing Austin Craft, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's weird, you have to see this movie to understand it, but there is death, and the horror is comical, but I did enjoy the movie, and I understand the joke from it. So Dave built, built a maze, I say definitely check it out. I hope I, I hope I got it right, excuse me, Dave made a maze, my fault. I keep saying build a maze, but you know, same shit, but Dave made a maze, yeah, highly recommend it. Peace guys, and see you later. I'm not trying to 
say F this or whatever. I'm not going to cuss a storm like I did last time. I want to keep calm and cool now. I want to change my ways how I review, how I review movies. Okay, because if I'm going to go rad, if I go crazy, just calm down with it. You know, there's no need to go berserk. You know, I know you studios are still sensitive how I act up. You know, but I'm going to keep it respect, respectful and fair. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what I am. I'm always about that. Alright, this, after that scene, I feel like this movie is bad, bad, bad. I mean, horrible. I feel like it takes the comical aspects of it, you know. And I know it's a low-budget movie. I know it's um, cheap CGI, fine. Understand what they're working with. Respect that, you know, because I watch a lot of low-budget movies, a lot of independent movies, a lot of B-movies, you know what I'm saying? Z-grade movies, too, so... I can respect what people are working with, alright? Check my track record, especially in the 50s. Movies from the 50s, fine, most of them were very super low budget. You know? Lord Coffin movies from this, like the 70s and 80s, respect what they're working with. And I like those movies too, so, you know, if I like those, I shouldn't be going around crapping on this movie like that, right? But it's so bad, I mean, first off, this movie's called Death Hunter. Werewolves versus vampires. From beginning to end, right? And this is what I notice. The only werewolves facing these vampires, they're human. They had the werewolves' abilities. Sure, the other werewolves, you know, even though there were bad guys in this movie also. But shouldn't the bad werewolves fight the bad vampires too? At some point of time. Since all of them were at the desert. You know what I'm saying? And then you get the comical aspects. When you got these young adults driving off, and they're in the middle between this war. And it gets comical because the guy would have to, like, help them out and stuff, try to protect them, but, cause, you know, they, it's, like, comical the way it's set up, you know? Um, as for the trainer, you find a little history about him, you know? And, you know, I won't get too much with the trainer, you know? Let, let's, that's a little side story for me. Then you get the stupid ending, you know, stupid comical ending. Um, Death Hunter, Hunter Wells vs. Vampires, check it out just for yourself, you know, I'm not gonna say don't see it, I mean, unless this is really, really that super bad, super, super, super bad, I'll still say that, then I might say don't see it, but I'll still say, say, like, just for yourself, you know, anyway, peace guys, and see you later. Hey guys, if you guys was up to that about the movie Death Valley, The Revenge of Bloody Bill. And this is one of those um sound type of type of movies I would say because it's it's so stupid, it's like oh, really? I mean but then at the same time you're like at least it has some action going on, you know. You know one of those zombie movies when people have to defend themselves and I like the simple story with it. Um, I did been more movies with this type of story before anyway, so it's really nothing new though. Excuse me. Um, the movie's like, has stuff like this drug drug dealer, and like, stuff went wrong when he found out for his money. And he held all the group of these young adults hostage, and tell them to drive through this mining town, like this ghost town like. And then, but I said to myself, this one guy held these group of guys and girls hostage with a gun. And when they had the opportunity to stop him, it's like, why don't you just jump the gun and take the gun and get the fuck out? You know what I'm saying? 
But no, you just stand there acting all stupid, like, huh? Oh, you really? Oh, okay. You know, shit like that, you know? I was like, come on. But, um, but to me, I think it's a zombie scene this movie for me. I mean, the zombies are not all that looking, but it's like, okay, if the zombies were realistic, probably, but there's a lot of zombie movies. I've said it could be real comical, and I like it anyway. I'm a sucker for zombie makeup, guys. I'm really a sucker for zombie makeup. I gotta like it. <laughs> anyway, one of, the, one of the girls escaped when one of the drug dealers' partner decided when he showed up or bloody up, like he was possessed, and he bit one of the young adults, and the guy shot him. But one of the girls escaped. She's running around, trying to get help. She sees this ghost, ghost girl-like, but she was really a zombie, and she gets jumped by zombies. Later on, these the young adults and the drug dealer they all get political and religion. Um, the the black drug dealer ended up getting taken the things the wrong way a little bit. What the white guy was saying about this legend of this Confederate soldier that took over a town, and then the townspeople finally stopped him, but they have a hard time killing him because he made like a pact with the devil. So now, where was this Confederate soldier, bloody Bill, where raises townspeople from the dead to attack? Attack anybody, attack, um, excuse me, to attack the living pretty much, you know. But the movie is like pretty much now that have to fight and survive against the zombies and stop Bloody Bill, you know, because they need a special weapon to stop him. But, um, all in all, bad movie, nitpicks, a lot of nitpicks. But again, if you're a fan of bad B movies or bad movies in general, then you're gonna like this one. This is like one of those movies you can just rag on. Drink a beer with your friends, do some riff tracks on it, you know what I'm saying? And, um, all in all, Death Valley, The Revenge of Bloody Bill, I'm gonna be honest, I thought it was a decent watch. You know, not the best, but a decent watch. I've seen a lot of bad movies that I do like, but this is one of them that to me was just like, alright, just a decent watch, that's all. Anyway, peace guys, and see you later. Hey guys and gals, what's up? I'll be talking about a horror movie called Devil's Den, and right off the back, this movie's pretty much a dusk until dawn. Rip off. Um, there been, but actually, there been so many horror movies with this stripper theme to it. You know, fighting the strip club, battling some unknown evil. <laughs> but um, that was then was a decent watch. You know, it's not a bad movie, but it was enjoyable to watch at least. Um, there's a movie about these two drug dealers. Uh, did I say it was like the Sildon? Come on. And they go to a strip club, and then later on, you have Kelly Wu's character who plays like a bounty hunter. You have Ken Foray's character, which later you're gonna find out he's a monster hunter. So he they already so he already knew what was going on in this strip club. Um the, the lead stripper ended up taking one of the drug dealers in the back so she she could make out with him, but then you find out she ended up turning into a demon ready ready to kill this guy, so Kelly Wu's character comes just in time to save him. They go back inside the strip club and with with some of the survivors that have to battle out these demons, which later on you find out they're ghouls, and people start dying in the bar. That was the customers, and of course they go. Some of us have to hide in the dressing room, cause that's the only way they could get out, trying to cover from these ghouls. Excuse me. And later on they go battle them again, and also they go find another evil later on in this movie. Um, all in all, I, I did like the action in this movie. I did like the special effects. There's blood and gore, so it's like it's kind of like the Soul Dawn, pretty much. Um, Devil's Den, to me, it was a de- it was okay watch, you know, it's not the greatest movie or nothing, but it was okay to watch, you know. So anyway, peace guys, and see you later. 
Hey guys and gals, I'll be talking about the movie Devils of Darkness, and this is a supernatural occult vampire movie. Um, it's about this vampire raised from the grave. He took this woman, a gypsy bride, as his woman now, and then he controls her with this amulet. He said, "You will be be with her for the end of time." I mean, be with him for the end of time, and then we get to the present age, as we find out that there's a guy, and Yes, they went to underneath the cave. Um, one died, one been captured. Like he'd been bitten, they found his body, and then his friend ended up having to do an investigation about what happened to him. And there was a girl that was missing, and because um he found out that the vampire and his bride in present age, um he took he he bit, he kidnaps her, and um pretty much the guy had to find out what happened to her. And later he found out the woman died because of the vampire, and he found out this vampire is kind of like. There's like a cover up, like there's people that defend the vampire, they part of his his cult. So they kill people, they they murder victims for his ritual while the guy had to investigate about who he who he is and and about the medallion that he got and later on he's gonna try and stop him. Um, all in all, this movie was enjoyable to watch. Um, like I say, it's it's more drama. It's it's hammer it's hammer horror, you know, it's pretty much if you see hammer horror with the occult and the vampirism you know what you're getting. Um, I enjoyed this one. You know, I'm more, I'm more like a Christopher, Christopher, Christopher Lee vampire guy. You know, because he was more like cool. You know, so I don't, I don't see any, any other vampire being over him. You know, um, but the Sinestro type. Of, I think that was his name. I'm saying it right. But Sinestro, he knows his medallion was missing, and pretty much he has to go, trying to have his, he can go and try and get it back, pretty much. But meanwhile, he got this bride that he's also interested in, over over his old bride. So he pretty much wants new meat. You know, it's, it's you gotta see the movie to understand. But besides that, like I said, um, this vampire he was okay. He was your typical hammer vampire. But Christopher Lee, to me, he would always be the best hammer vampire of all of them. You know, because he he's just cool like that. But besides that, there was a darkness. I say check it out. Definitely check it out. Peace, guys, and see you later. What's up guys and gals, I am super excited. This is the reason why I love reviewing movies in general, especially the horror genre, because I just love horror. But I love watching horror movies from all over the world. I love all types of horror, but sometimes you get the underrated horror from different countries like Malaysia or Indonesia, Turkey, you know, countries that are like less well known when it comes to the horror genre. And, and very rarely a lot of people see horror movies from that country. Not all the time, but what people need to understand, there's a lot of horror movies that do do come from this country also, and they also have their own mythological take on stuff from their religion, from their tradition of horror, you know, or like the Filipino horror too, of course. Um, this one's from Indonesia. It's called Pen. I hope I let me see if I got the name right. It's called Pen Gabdi Satan, which is called Satan's Slave. Now, this two, I know there's another movie called Satan's Slave, which I also reviewed. But I think this is from 1980, but I also heard it's proclaiming to be from 1982. I'll try to find the right date for this movie. But um, besides that, I highly enjoy this one, man. I mean, just just being an old school horror fan. And the description of this, I kind of have to disagree on. They're saying this movie is like their version of Phantasium. But I don't see anything Phantasium about it, to be honest with you. You know? Um... Now I didn't see no English subtitles or no English sub or English dub, so I saw it's like a regular language version. And if you look at my past movie reviews, I do review a couple horror movies without the English subtitle on it, cause 
I gotta work what I got, you know. And I like to watch movies in general. Well, if I if I if I can't find it to tell, then I'll just work with it. But anyway, this is about this family, right? It looked like they lost a loved one in the family, and then later on, you get this ghostly present seducing the boy of the household, the son, I would say, and then suddenly he's in his room, back again, his sister knows some he's not acting right, and suddenly, later on in the movie, you get creepy stuff happening in the house, like, knock, like, not, like, like, every knocking on the windows of ghost presents, um, lights moving around, you know, like, lamp moving, um, phone calls, it's like every creepy stuff they're trying to put in this movie, so far what I know of. But later on, it leads up to this evil witch woman who goes inside the house, but she she's like undercover as a maid, and she uses black magic to make the family go crazy, and start torturing them in their dreams, start seeing things. But then later on, the boy starts knows something's not right about the maid. He starts later on in the movie starts following her. He starts seeing people that he know that died. I came back to life, and then the witch one figure him out that he knows this stuff. And later on in the movie, it's like the family would have to face the evil in the house and face the evil witch woman, you know, um, battle the zombies, ghosts, or they became zombies of the people they knew, pretty much. Um, it's it's like all in all, I, I like this movie. Um, the kill scenes, it's it's not like. It's not like really all that. It's like like supernatural kill scenes, pretty much, caused by the witch woman. You know, accidental deaths, but like they she caused it pretty much. The evil witch lady. Um, you're gonna like the ending. Uh, I won't ruin the ending, of course, but you know you're gonna like the ending. How how they're gonna try and stop the evil force, pretty much. Um, it's really nothing new in any horror movie you have seen before, but you know what? It's just being from Indonesia, it's kind of like from that country. It's kind of like cool to see it from that country doing their own take on it of the supernatural horror genre of satanism ghosts zombies they own take on it but um pengod bd satan aka satan slave i highly recommend it check it out and wait peace guys and see you later but today we talk about a movie called discipline sorry for my speech <laughs> and this movie came out um 2011 but i'm getting the the, when I, I watched it on online on my Roku and it says 2013 on it so maybe it got 2013 official release but I'm going to go with the 2011 date on this one and when I saw this movie it, it was kind of weird because it felt like like modern day 2000 it, it felt more like a 90's feel like the 90's look of the movie you know and I like that quality it was that 90's quality but you know when you see 90's movies on the video cassette you, you guys know what I'm talking about and the lead actor was kinda of weird I had to do research on it because I found out that the guy the lead guy is actually from Children of the Corn he played the lead in it the crazy red-headed guy I was like oh shit cause when I saw his face I was like I had to do, I had to look you know and I was like oh, yo, it was him so that was pretty cool you know um, but I like this movie, man. I mean, yo, if you're to S&M, yo, this is right up your alley, man. If you're a freak, fuck this shit. You're gonna like this movie. I enjoyed it, you know. Um, and I like the concept of it, because it's about this guy, right? He's a musician, and he's trying to find his, like, his, his, his clinch, you know, his cliche, you know. And he met this professor guy, 
and the professor showed him his wall. He likes to torture people, you know, kill, you know, and he he, he got like a follower. He's like a cult leader, you know. Not only he's a professor, he's a cult leader, and he controls these people to hurt hurt others, and pretty much. And um, he also has his girlfriend, his friend, that to do an investigation and trying to f f put a stop to the si stop of all these murders and what's going on. Um, this movie was really, really good in, in my opinion. I really liked it, it, you know. I mean, I like the S&M bondage feel. I like that 90s feel. Like I say, mid-2000s, but I swear to God, when you see this movie, it's like the 90s feel, you know. So, I don't know, maybe this was shot in the 90s, at least in the mid-2000s, I guess. I don't know, man, but check, check, check this movie out. I highly recommend this one. What's up, guys and gals? How you doing? Um, judging by the title, I'm going to be talking about Dragon Ball Evolution. Now, if you look at the title again, it says, like, pretty much, once I upload this video, it's going to say, I'm the only person that likes this. Or positive review. Meaning that, I'm not going to rant about this movie. I'm not going to show no hate about this movie. Like, 100 out of 100 reviewers out there. Um, first of all, respect to Nostalgia Critic. He did a great review on this movie recently. And it just comes to a point when I... It's like, you know what? I think it's time for me to talk about my review on this movie. And I had many opportunities. It's just like, the timing wasn't there until now. But if you want to see Nostalgia Critic, shout out to him. Check his reviews out. Um, I found it funny. You know, good sketches and stuff. But, um, good review all in all, you know. But again, it's another negative review, just like any other review. So it's nothing new at the end of the day and let me tell you my experience on anime I watch a lot of animes especially Dragon Ball I grew up on the series just like everyone else um, I definitely had a personal history with Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z and the franchise itself um, because it was when I first started selling anime video cassettes and this is when it was out of print this is when it was never in the US never introduced at the time to Dragon Ball Legacy so it's pretty much how I was selling tapes but at the time, again, let me explain that. This is three years before the official U.S. release, when it was on broadcast on TV, like on Channel 11, where I'm at in New York, and Funimation, you know, or, um, I think it was Four Kids, if I'm corrected. But this was long ago, though. So, Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball, they didn't have its full introduction in the U.S. at the time. So, people in my the neighborhood, they knew it from me, me and my boss, we were selling the tapes, you know, because it was new for everybody. Everybody was into Dragon Ball even before the official release. Cause hey, I was a pioneer in the Bronx, like, and I introduced it to to the world. You know, not only Dragon Ball but Sailor Moon also and other animes. So I kind of have a personal history with this franchise. And also, even before the tapes, I grew up watching a Korean station in New York on Channel 53 called KBS, which showed Dragon Ball and even Dragon Ball Z, the few episodes and the movie, but it was in Korean language dubbed and. So it was my real first introduction to the franchise. Again, this is like a personal thing. So trust me, I'm not new to this. Now, you might want to ask, if you, since you know about this, why will you give this movie a positive review? Well, simple as that. As a movie goer or a movie lover or movie watcher, one thing I watch in movies, if you can sit back and enjoy the movie or you're having fun watching it, and guess what? I'm having fun watching Dragon Ball Evolution. I enjoyed it. And I admit, the movie version, you know what? I don't want it to be the same like 
the anime because that's going to be predictable. You know what I'm saying? Look at all these comic book movies now. Is it 100% like the comic books? No, but a lot of you guys liked it. Don't front. Most of you, like from a scale to 100, I guarantee you maybe 80 or 90% you like the movie, like Marvel, DC movies, that are not 100% like the comic books, but you like it anyway. Some way or some form. So if that's if, that, if you could like that, why not this? And even the Japanese people that have been interviewed, which said, what do you think about American people are doing adaptations of anime? They don't even give a shit. They don't care. It's like, whatever. You know? And I feel like the problem with us, we're too fucking spoiled. That's the fucking problem. We're too fucking spoiled with super high-class CGI and super high-class special effects. Why can't we just be old school and just enjoy a fucking movie? You know? And, you know, I don't have to go into detail with Dragon Ball Evolution. It's pretty much Goku. You know, he's trained by mas from his master, you know, his, gra his grandfather. And then you got Piccolo and where his assassin going around the universe looking for the Dragon Ball, destroying planets pretty much. And then he defeated um, Goku's master. And his master wanted him to go for hunt for Master Roshi to teach, pretty much, Master Roshi will be the one to teach him, played by Shang Yun Fat. And of course, even before that, he met Balma, excuse me, and even Yamcha's in this fucking movie. And, you know, they all have to work together to find the rest of the Dragon Ball and defeat Piccolo and, you know, pretty much save the world. Really nothing new, right? But, you know, I know the characters look different. I know mainly Goku's white boy. And it's not only just Goku's a white guy, but it's all how the stories change around him on the concept and everything. It's just different than anime understand but you know what again it's cool with me because I want to see I don't want to see the same thing I want to see something different than the live, act, live action adaptation you know like it's called Dragon Ball Evolution this is they take on it and you know I let it go at the end of the day I enjoy the movie I enjoyed the chemistry that how Goku like Chi Chi he was fascinated with her and you know you know it was like and Goku when he was younger like the original anime he wasn't like he wasn't into girls like that. He wasn't into girls. Even when he met Chi-Chi in the anime version, he was blushing and stuff. And it was like puppy love, you know, the way they set it up, you know. And when he got married and stuff. And it was cute, you know. And same thing with this one. It's just, it was it was different, of course, but it was cute, you know. I, I kind of like it. You know, it didn't bother me. And, of course, the, the final battle with the villain. And you find out, and Goku found who Osiris is. I, Sorry for saying the name wrong, which is pretty obvious who who the character was. But um, I won't spoil it for you unless you did not see the movie yet. But um, I, I like the action. I, I like the chemistry with the characters. I feel like the character had good chemistry, in my opinion. Everyone does. And I feel like everybody was likable in this movie. Yeah, I said it. You know, And I know a lot of people they like the high school thing or the bully. It's like what you see from Spider-Man or, or Captain America when he was bullied too. It, you know, because he was how he looks and stuff in the live-action movie. But, I, I, to me, Dragon Ball Evolution was a fun movie. I enjoyed it, you know. I wasn't disappointed with it. it it's not the greatest movie, don't get me wrong. But, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And, of course, we'll never get a sequel for, for they take on it. It will never happen because, of course, it received bad reviews. A lot of people hated it. Critics and fans are monolike. And, you know what? I'm that... 100% it became the 99% for you guys because I'm the only person that likes it. I'm the little pebble that likes this movie. So Dragon Ball Evolution, you could clear your mind and sit back on it. Maybe you might like it for the same reason as, as I do. 
you just have fun with it. Simple as that. Peace, guys, and see you later.